Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Oh, oh! Figured I'd mix it up. So yeah. Fourth of July. Fourth of July. If we can get a USA chant started, I don't know if there's anybody out there in the office wants to come in here. Joel did not bring a two by four with him, which is a damn shame. Uh, wherever you are on this Fourth of July, we are glad that you are with us. Hopefully, the grill is getting fired up, the meats are marinating, the fireworks are in place. You're ready to have a big old day celebrating our country's independence. If you are English and listening to this podcast, suck it, England. (laughs) Suck it long and suck it hard. (laughs) You got smoked 223 years ago. My man, George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, they owned you. US, you, the USA women's team owned them the other day. Well, you know, it's just just part of the game at this point. Hey, nobody... Why I say that? It's the World Cup. A lot of people make here. Uh, the the tea celebration. Yeah. Thing. We, you, you got a problem with that? I don't have a problem with any celebration. No problem with it. Here's at all. My truth about celebrations. I have no problem with any of them. I, if somebody if somebody scores a touchdown or a goal or a, or a hits a home run and wants to put up double birds, stone cold Steve Austin <laughs> style, you don't like that? Don't do it again. Don't here, let them do it. Here's my question. What, what's the reverse of that? Had England won two to one? What's the celebration to like? Say stick it to America, like the the teeth thing that, that fits for England. Like, I like what's, that. Um, what would be the American version of that? You would have had to like had a prop and have like an eighteen pound hamburger ready just to start, <laughs> start chowing down on that thing right there. Like you know, go Joey Chestnut on it. I don't know. That's what you know. We we were on Sports Talk yesterday and talking about that. And Rippy said he would try to re- reenact the Boston Tea Party. He'd have been like he'd have had some like a big gallon jug from McAllister's ready to go and just dump that thing on the field. <laughs> like that's what we think of you, Britain. Yeah, Queen Elizabeth, get out. So, anyway, uh, yeah, USA, it, you hashtag Americans, hashtag our troops. Everywhere protecting our freedoms, allowing you to have those backyard barbecues and those fireworks shows today. Don't ever forget about them when you're having a good time. It's not a barbecue unless there's barbecue sauce. It's no, no, okay, okay. We may this may take up the whole show. We're gonna have a long, drawn out debate here. Okay, if you are cooking hot dogs, hamburgers, steak, you're grilling out. You're grilling. You're having a cookout. Yes. Barbecue. We're having a barbecue. You, there's something on the, that's going to be on the grill. Not on the grill. It's going to be, it can be on the grill, but it's cooking three to four plus hours. A pork shoulder, a brisket, ribs. That is barbecue. Okay, I, I can, I'm down with that. All right. You're not, bar, you're not, oh, we're having a barbecue. If, I, if you say we're having a barbecue and you're cooking hot dogs and I show up and there's hot dogs and hamburgers, I'm going to get mad. Yeah. Like we're having a cookout. That's what we're having. A barbecue involves big meats. Big pieces of meat. So I agree 100% with every word that has exited your mouth well, so far, for the last 30 seconds or so. I, I like, well, you know what? That's I'm doing good that, at that point. <laughs> so uh, I want to thank our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffee House, Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. I don't know if they're open on July 4th, but if they are, nothing more American than a cup of coffee, in my opinion. It's right up there with apple I bet they have some sort of apple pie thing going. 
No one's. I know them well enough. I saw they had like some fireworks sugar cookies working. I like a sugar cookie. Sugar yeah, cookie is underrated. This is random. Yeah, but sure. this is going to be a the, random. This is going to be a random show. Yeah. I was going to Ackerman as I frequently do on on Sunday night, and in Longview, really this side of Longview. So you know, yeah, I know where for, you are. For, for for anyone that doesn't know, that's like five miles outside of Starkville. Um, there is like a van or a bus or or something like an old van or anyway. Anywho, apparently, I think the name of it is Southern Fried Pies. Like, that's all it does. I don't know when it's open. I don't know what, but there's a sign now by the van. It's like a truck, and it's called, I think, Southern Fried Pies. Yeah, I have no idea what, I assume apple and peach, and I don't know what else. But apparently, there is a food truck about five miles towards Ackerman from Starkville that's selling fried pies. I thought that might, per, you know, be my, something. My ears would, just perked I, up a I little bit. I thought it might be something. Uh, people of Ackerman, if you can give me any information on this, uh, I would greatly well, appreciate that's, it. That's, this, that's like oh, Longview. That's, people of Longview. People of Starkville. People of Southern Fried Pies. If you can get me information, I will buy a fried pie from you. And I will, I will if it's good, I will get more business your way. I promise you that. <laughs> I love fried pies. It's kind of random because I think it's like by a body shop and some other stuff, but it's weird. They need to bring that thing on into town a little maybe, bit. Maybe they do, but there is a sign like stuck in the ground. I'm going to Google this here. So uh, I, I'm going to be shocked if there's a yeah. You know, I, I will be too. Here. Maybe there's a Facebook page that could be. Yeah. Um, Starkville. So anyway, I, I found that to be incredibly random. The that's other Philadelphia, day. Pennsylvania. So that's probably no good. That's probably not it. David's Southern Fried Pies. David Southern Fried Pies in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. All right, let's let's. I, I, I want to know. Just just looking at the picture he has on his website, no, it's a no for me. Let's see the menu here. I mean, oh, so you found it? Yeah. No, no, no. I didn't find that. I found David Southern Fried Pies in from Pennsylvania. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, okay. All right. What we got here? He's got a fried pecan pie. Eh? All right, his, his basic pies are apple, chocolate, peach, sweet potato, sweet potato fried pie. I don't know about that one. And strawberry. I like strawberry. Then you can get blueberry, probably good. Chocolate brew, blueberry. No, I'm not feeling that at all. Lemon. See, lemon to me is a cold pie. Lemon icebox, lemon meringue. Yeah, That's I, a, I, I don't think I'd I enjoy that. I want cold and crisp. Raspberry custard. I don't know about that at all. Sweet potato and banana. No. What buddy? Buddy. I'm simple. Give me apple, give me peach. That's fine. I want I want I want you know what he doesn't have on here that I want? Cherry. Yeah. Cherry pie. Cherry pie is my favorite pie. Yeah. Put a smile on my face. Cherry Ten pie. miles. Exactly. All right. <laughs> Let's try to get to some sports here if we can do it. I don't know if we can or not. Uh jeez. That may not be the last time we go off the rails. Today. It won't be. It's the fourth of July. Enjoy it. Or the 5th of July if you didn't listen on the 4th. Right. I think most people are going to listen. You had nothing to do on the 4th. Yeah. So, uh, it's box score day, though. We are going to talk about Mississippi State versus USM, statistically speaking. Uh, and then we might have, I, I might want to talk a little America. MSU got some, a lot of MSU America connections right now. There are. We'll talk about that in just a minute, though. But we'll start with the box score, MSU versus USM. Here's what I know about USM. They're pretty good defensively. Like, they were a top half of the co- the country kind of defense last year down Southern. Not, not exactly the nasty bunch, but still really, really good. And so for me, in you know, if we assume everything is correct from our first preview, and 
Tommy Stevens has come out and in that first game had a pretty solid game. Kylan Hill looks like the kind of back uh, he's going to be. This might be a pretty good test for Mississippi State. A game they should win, but a game that they might have to play really well to win. I think State's schedule sets up pretty well to ease them into the SEC, man. We talked like, about that the other day. Yeah, it's sort of similar it is, to 14. It's like a small step each week kind of deal. Yeah. You, you expect to probably easily beat Louisiana, then you expect – heck with that. They're Louisiana Lafayette. They're always, I know they don't want to be that, but that's what they are. Okay. So anyway, you expect to easily beat them. Southern Miss, a little bit of a step up in competition. The next week, K-State, you just kind of easily progress your way in. I, I think the schedule sets up nicely, but – but, yeah, I do think that for this game against Southern Miss, you want to continue to see what you hopefully saw in week one. You know, you don't want to have a step back. I think if Tommy Stevens comes out and struggles against Southern Miss, if State struggles in any way to move the football down the field against Southern Miss, I know it's a step up probably from what they faced the week before, but, again, I have concerns if that's the case. I do think that, by and large, at the end of the day, this should still be a comfortable win for Mississippi State, correct? Oh, I think so. I think so for sure. I think this is a game. You know, I, I think back to the, you know when the state renewed this series with Southern. The first year where they were still, you know, they were coming off of uh, Ellis Johnson, and they were they were still not good, uh, and State just murdered them. The next year down in Hasburg, that game was, you know, it was. I don't think it was ever in doubt. State thought they were in control, but USM made it interesting at times. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so, I think this is another situation like that. I think this game can be interesting. I think Southern can can hang with State for you know the first half or so before State eventually pulls away. The thing that gives me some pause is State dominated non-conference last year. Absolutely yeah. dominated every team they played outside of the SEC, which was really weird to watch because they looked like different teams at times. Um, for me, in this game, this is a Kylan Hill game. You know, USM Conference USA team. Physically can't shouldn't be able to stand up to an MSU team. This should be a pretty run heavy game. This is a game where for me, if you said what should Kylan Hill's stat line be, what should it be? It should be twenty three, twenty four carries, one hundred and thirty to one hundred and fifty yards, and a couple of touchdowns. Yeah, I, something interesting to to look at. How, how many times do you think Kylan Hill should crack a hundred yards this year? I mean this this should be one. The week before should be one. The week after this should be one. I mean, you should the first should, three he games. Should, he should the, get it in an, well. He shouldn't get it against Abilene Christian because he shouldn't shouldn't play. play. He may not even play in that game, uh, assuming everybody's healthy or for whatever reason. Um, he should get a hundred yards at least half of the games this year, at least six and probably closer to eight. Yeah, you know, right off the top of my head, I would think he cracks a hundred in all four in three of the four non-conference games. He'll crack it against uh, Arkansas, Arkansas and Ole Miss. Ole Miss. He got a hundred over hundred last year against Auburn. Yeah, you know, I think that could happen again. I think he could get a hundred over over a hundred against uh, Tennessee and Kentucky. So yeah, yeah, you know, he won't get it against LSU. I don't think he won't get it against uh, Alabama. I don't no, think. I wouldn't uh, think so. A and M is pretty was pretty good against the run last year, and they, they they got a lot of talent. So I mean, I wouldn't go out and say that's for sure going to happen. But and, you know, a hundred yard rusher doesn't mean you're going to win for sure, but it helps. It certainly helps. I think he's got a, a good chance to do that in those games. Um, the other thing I want to see in this game, Southern is a team offensively has not been they just have they've just been inconsistent. You know, and they've they've they have got the botched Art Bryles thing this year. They, they they really are looking for some offensive identity. And I don't think this is the team MSU to get it against. So I want to see this is a game where I really want to see a strong defensive showing. Yeah. I think that's fair. You know, I think week one 
against Lafayette, all the eyes will be on the offense. And I think you're right. This is a game where maybe more so the eyes will be on the defense. Uh, it's their first chance to really have a, a you know, a standout opportunity. I don't want to say to pitch a shutout or something, but hey, if they do that, that'd be outstanding, of course. But um, two, back on the offensive side, this will be. We talked about it yesterday. Tommy Stevens winning over the the clubhouse and the fan base. This will be his first chance to play in front of the home fans. Yeah, assume you know, assuming he is the guy, which I don't know how you can't assume that at the moment. Um, I think it's big for his purposes to just come out and and to be a a very very good quarterback. I mean, if if he comes out and and has a big day on on this day and 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 any remaining folks with doubts about Tommy Stevens, you know, and and I think really that's probably more of of what a lot of people have is just doubts, doubts that he's really any better than what was already here kind of thing. Yeah. But I think if he comes out in this game at home in front of them and shows out, mm-hmm. that'd be a good chance for him to win over any detractors. I agree. I agree with that. Look at the defense. You know, Jack Abraham's still the uh, quarterback. That guy, he seems like he's been in college for like eight years. Yeah. He's played three different places. Um, But he's good. He's a solid, solid quarterback. They're pretty good up front in front of him. You know, Drake Dorbeck. St. Alan Long, by the way. Look at the evolution of the left tackle position in 20 years at St. Aloysius. From me to a guy who could get drafted in the NFL and it started for like three years. <laughs> you were like the foundation. Yeah, that's what I was. That's, that's, let's less. do that. But, I mean, I know Trace Clopton was a guy Mississippi State recruited a little bit. Um, I know that Foxworth and Fletcher are good on the right side. There, I mean, Paul Gaynor is on that depth chart, a guy that Mississippi State, he was committed to Mississippi State for a while. Um They've got some, you know, some good pieces at the skill positions. You know, I know that uh, that Mosley is a solid running back for them. Jones and Adams are pretty good, and the Michael Harris, another St. Al alum. A lot of St. Al guys down at USM. Yeah. I'm down with that though. Uh, big speed guy for them in the slot. So they got some nice pieces, and I think I think this is obviously a team that for me is going to compete for for a conference USA championship. And this is a game that you know I, I could see them hitting. If you remember. Uh, well, I guess it was, what, five years ago. Fitzgerald played in that game. It was his first real action. Uh, it was his first game as, as, as a Bulldog. And he came in late when State had the game in hand. And uh, But Southern, you know, they hit some big plays early. Remember they had that, that crazy, like, double reverse pass that led to – I think that actually – they didn't score on that. I think that was the one that were at uh, – he had the goal line stand there. I could be wrong. Um, I, I see that sort of early, though, that – with a game like this, and we've talked about it before, you know, when you're trying for the upset, the best way to do it is to throw a haymaker and see if it lands. Yeah. So I see them, you know, really early in the game. We're going to go up top. We're going to do some sort of trick play. Try to get seven points on the board. Get the home crowd worried a little bit. I can see that happening. But at the end of the day, again, I think State's just so talented, more talented than Southern Miss. They'll, they'll overwhelm them eventually. If I had to put a score together right now, something like forty-two to seventeen feels right. That does. It 42, does. Or even not even not even that many points to be honest with you, because Southern's pretty good. 31 seventeen. To be totally honest with you, when you would can, be completely surprised when you with can, a late touchdown from Southern. When you consider the in-state, I don't know if you want to call it in-state rivalry or whatever, but I mean there's some some of that in-state stuff going on here. When you consider that and the the talent level that Southern Miss does have a little bit, is this state's most dangerous non-conference game or is K-State the It's still K-State question? because I mean that's a power 5 team and K-State is interesting because there's there's so much new. Yeah. They, they got a completely new they're, and they're going to run that option offense which is dangerous when you only play it once. Um this game is dangerous because it is an in-state game so there's some there's some extra juice to it. Um and then Southern will bring a good crowd up here. 
um, at least 10. And I, I shouldn't do that anymore, but, but I can't, I just can't resist sometimes. Um, <laughs> but, and they, like I said, they've got some pieces here and there that they can make it interesting early and punch with State, but at, at the end of the game, State's going to take control and, and get the win. Didn't we see a Southern Miss tag in Missouri on the way to Omaha? We did. We did, and I was just like, you got to be kidding me. I can go three months without seeing a USM fan in Mississippi. <laughs> Driving to freaking Missouri. I texted my wife. My wife and I have this little inside joke. I'll share it with you all now. That whenever we see a USM fan on the road, if we're not with together, or even if we are together, I'll just say it. But uh, it's it's you don't see that every day. So I texted her. I was like, "You don't see that every day," and she was like, "In Missouri." <laughs> like, I remember going to Las Vegas the, for the first time back in like '01, and I saw a USM fan. I was just like, "You gotta be kidding me!" Like in Vegas, how? So. But they, uh, they're out there. Um, they're doing what God told them to do in the Bible. They're being fruitful and multiplying. Multiplying, yeah. They're everywhere. Uh, what's 10 times 2? Uh, <laughs> for, for me, you know, from a stat standpoint, I just want efficiency out of Stevens in this game. Because yeah. Southern is a defense that can, if you make some mistakes, they can, they can take advantage of them. So, you know, this is a game. I'm not looking for big yardage out of him. I'm looking for big yards on the ground. I can see Stevens being close to 100 yards, not on a lot of carries, but you know, getting some opportunities there. Gibson will get some get carries there. I want to see 300-plus rushing yards on the board for Mississippi State in this game. And then from the passing standpoint, anything you get, I mean, 13 of 17, 13 of 18, 150, 160 yards, fine. Fine. Just don't turn the ball over. I mean, you say that, and I kind of agree with you, but stepping up in class a little bit here and it just from Louisiana to Southern Miss – I mean, it does give you a, a little more of an opportunity for Tommy Stevens against what you expect to be probably a little tougher defense to, to take some of those shots down the field, see if you can hit it against a better defense kind of deal. So, so and, and they'll take some shots. And for if, sure, if you do hit them, then all of a sudden it becomes more of a passing oriented deal if you connect on some of those. Um, because, quite frankly, if you're going to be taking a ton of shots down the field and relying on that a lot, like Joe Moorhead's offenses typically have done before last year. Um, I mean, you need to be doing it against the Louisianas and against the Southern Misses and against the K-States before you're out there trying it against LSU. You know, you, you need to have some confidence that you can do that. And so as the competition level progresses over the first three non-conference games to start the season, you would like to see those plays consistently be hit from games one through three as well. And that gives you confidence heading into the SEC season that you can do it in the, you know, against those defenses too. I agree. I agree. So for me, a lot of running plays. I don't mind the idea of taking some shots. And if you hit them, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and then defensively on the other side, to me it's not so much about yardage. I want to see pressure, you know, because USM's offensive line is not bad. So if you're able to get pressure against them, you should feel pretty good. And then can you force a turnover too? Because that's what's going to – that's what breaks the back in an upset is when you get a turnover. You know, once usually I would say in, in matchups like this, if there's ever a turnover, it's over. It's just it's so difficult for a team to, to give up an extra possession. Yeah, because this is one of those games where you're simply the better team, and the only way you lose it is if you lose it. Typically, right. you're not going to get beat. Right. You have to beat right. yourself. You have to beat yourself exactly. All right. Talk about Kansas State next week. Interesting, interesting team. Brand new look. Going to be an offense that, if you are with me, if you're a member of the always run, never pass fraternity, it's it's right up your alley. It's, yeah. They're going to they're going to run the football. Uh, Will it be successful? That's another question. I guess three or four months ahead of time, my uh, playmaker for that game might be Zuber. 
Probably a good big, call. Big game against his former team. Why not? Why not? Why not? All right. Today's the 4th of July, as you're listening. And, uh, well, Proud to be an American. You know he did a Canadian version of that song? Did he really? Yeah, it's, it's so disappointing to find that out. Um, I didn't even know he did. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, God Bless Canada or something. I don't know. Nothing against our Canadian neighbors. I'm yeah. a big fan of them. The sequels always stink. Who is the greatest Canadian of all time not named Brett the Hitman Hart? Chris, I don't know. Chris Jericho. That's probably a good answer. So, the greatest Canadian... <laughs> Shania Twain. Okay, that's good, too. Yeah. She's, she's probably the hottest... I don't know if she's the hottest Canadian. Uh, but she had, a, she, had a stre- she had a stretch there in the 90s where she was. She was. Uh, greatest Canadian athletes. I'm going Hart, Jericho, Sarantola. <laughs> Gretzky is fourth. You're forgetting Jake Robson here. I'm putting Sarantola ahead of him right now. You know, we'll just see how it goes. Uh, but for America... Kyle Hahn, didn't he... Uh, no, come on, no. He was no. here a year. I know, but no, come on. For America, there's a lot of maroon and white in red, white, and blue these days. First off, you have the entire women's basketball team headed... Uh, they're, they're, they've won their first two friendlies in comeback fashion both times. The the funniest part about that to me, and it's not really funny. It's just I, I never really thought about it. Is waking up to those scores? Well, that, but the fact that if Chloe Bibby was one hundred percent healthy, she couldn't play because she's Australian. Like right. I, I just didn't really yeah. that that fact never really crossed my mind that she Australian. couldn't play with the team yeah. until Vic said it the other day, and he was like, "Chloe's you know still recovering, but even if she wouldn't, she couldn't play anyway because yeah. she's Australian." That's right. Like, <laughs> wait a second, I America only. That. Yeah. Uh, but then you also have Reggie Perry. He's representing the Amer- America in the U- United States uh, basketball team under 19 team. Under 20 team, I think. Something like that. 19. 19. Yeah. They've won their first two games, and he's played really well. Well, three, they're 3-0. and Maybe. Uh, I thought they were 2-0. and No, they were 3-0 and in their pool okay. play. Yeah, he's they were played really well. And, and they were supposed to start the round of 16 today. They okay. may have already played it. I don't know, because... Time zones, yeah, whatever. They're, they're, they're in Greece, right? Yeah, they're, they're doing the round of 16 today, and I I think that, well, you say Greece. I, I, I'll i trust you. I'm not 100% sure. But uh, they were supposed to do the round of 16 on Wednesday, and uh, then I think quarterfinals are, yeah. I think, Friday, and then Saturday semis, and I think the finals are Sunday. So, And then for baseball, Tanner Allen and Justin Foscue made the final cut for the USA baseball team. They did, and Chris Lamonis is something. He's not really a he's not a he's coach. Like a, he's, like he's, a, he's like an Analyst isn't the right word either. I don't know what he is. He's there. Yeah, he's and, and he took the picture the other day with uh, Foscu and uh, Allen and of course Westberg at that point was Westberg trying to make was the team on the too. preliminary roster. But yeah. uh, anyway, he was Chris Lamontis was wearing baseball pants. So whatever he's doing, he's doing it in baseball pants, or he was that day. Right. Uh, yeah. And I, I we were texting that day, and I, I told him something about the fact you know guys looking good over there in red, white, and blue, and he was like, "Man, this is a ton of work." So I don't know what he's doing, but. Yeah, apparently he's busy. I believe it. I mean, there's a, you got to put you're putting together a team. Yeah, you know, you got to you got to look at everything. Everything. Foscue making that team was no surprise. There can't be a lot of second basemen with his pop. Uh, there just aren't. You know, second yeah. base is not a power position. And he was hitting. You know, he and Allen both were hitting smack dab in the middle of that lineup yesterday. Yeah, and I then mean, Allen is out in the outfield. We, we've talked about that on uh, was that on Monday's show. Yeah, one potential of uh, position change. He's already sort of getting ahead of that. I think you can go ahead and start expecting that at Mississippi State this uh, this spring when that happens. But a lot of Bulldogs out there uh, representing our country. That's good news. There's one Rebel out there, too. Nikhazy's on that Nikhazy, team, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think Nikhazy may have played the outfield some, too. Really? I think so. Now, that I didn't know. I, I, I 
was listening to our rebel cohort Chase Parham mm-hmm. talk about it the other day, and I, I want to say that he said Nikhazy played outfield for an inning, and I, I think that that's weird. I mean, he's just trying to be like JT Gian. Yeah, maybe so. That's interesting. You, you, you think this is random again? Random show. Yeah. You think JT Gian gets any more at bats in twenty no, twenty twenty than he did this year? I don't. Think his future's on the mound. He's just gonna stay right there. But yeah. if he's your Friday night guy, in theory. To me, to me, being him being the Saturday night guy, mm-hmm. you don't want him to be at the plate on a Friday night. Right. The Sunday game, you yeah. don't want him in there because well, he's recovering or whatever. To me, if he's going to be in the lineup any, yeah, and he's the Friday night guy, you know, by Sunday, DH him what, if, if he can. Here's you know, what I would kinda. say to that: Is it worth your Friday night guy being plunked on the elbow and hurting himself? I mean, when you've got hitters on, I mean, is he that much better a hitter than anybody else on the roster? To me, it's it's too big a risk. I I agree with you, but that said, I think it'd be cool if JT Ginn was jacking bombs, too. I mean, it would be cool. (laughs) I mean, it'd be very cool, but I don't think that's going to happen. I I mean, I'm on your side here, but. But cool. It's cool to see all these Bulldogs. uh, You know, normally you think of red and blue, you don't think of MSU, but, you know, red, white, and blue has has found its way. Yeah, that that may be the first press conference ever that, you know, we went the other day. I almost asked that, too. I almost was like, we're here when y'all are all wearing red and blue. Are you guys comfortable over there in red and blue? You know, Jazz Holmes probably would have been like, no. Oh, if Dak was still here, I would have definitely hit him over that because he gave me all kinds of grief for always wearing my brave stuff. That's right. Well, he thought it was an Alabama hat, didn't he? Well, no, it was my polo. Okay. uh, what, no, and, and he didn't even see the A. He just saw the red and blue. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he just, after the press conference, he just walked over and was like, what kind of colors you got on there, Joel? kind of deal? <laughs> and then the sucker, when he got drafted by the Cowboys, was wearing a Braves hat. So, yeah. I, uh, hypocrite. No, it'll be all right. Don't, don't, more more no, Dak hate. More Dak hate. It just never ends with us here. All right. Guys, have a great 4th of July. Joel and I are going to take off, obviously, and uh, we will not be back with you until Monday morning. Then next week, just keep everybody informed of what we're doing. Next week is a normal week for us. We have nothing uh, out of the ordinary going on. But the week after that is uh, SEC Media Day, so it'll just be me on the podcast uh, that week. And then the week after that, there will be no podcast whatsoever. So, so you'll get a two-week break from Joel T, guys. It'd be like, you know, the absence will make the heart grow fonder. So what, 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 let me get the dates on that. Media Day starts on the 15th. So the, the 15th through the 19th, just Brian Haydad. And then the 22nd through the 26th, nada. Nada. Yeah. Back on the 29th of July. We'll be. All right. Sounds good. Have a great fourth. Hope your uh, meats are tender and juicy. Your fireworks go off without a hitch. And your love of America is as strong as mine and Joel's. And wherever you buy your fireworks, make sure that the guy selling them has an eye patch and only seven fingers. That's right. That's the best firecracker. There you go. Have a good one, guys. Talk to you again on Monday. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.